Welcome to another episode of Divorcee Podcast. This is your host, Linda, welcoming today's guest, Ms. Keisha Singleton, who's going to be sharing her story with us today. She's one of many who have so graciously accepted our invitation to come on and join us to just uh, let others know that they're not alone in their emotional journey and recovery from the struggle of divorce. Because anybody who's ever been through it know that it is truly a struggle. It's as painful as any loss is. So um, with that being said, I'd like to welcome Keisha today. Hello, Keisha. How are you? Hello. I'm fine. How are you? I'm just fine. I'm so glad to have you. So we're going to get started now. So I'd like to, let me see, first question I want to ask you is just talk to me a little bit about being married and how marriage, what it looks like to you and what your expectations were. It's so funny because it's, it's very different from how it was to how it is now. Mm-hmm. You know, we grow up with the fantasy of marriage and kind of put in our head that, you know, you have to be married to be complete. And so, you know, you think that once you get married or what I thought marriage was, was that it would make me happy. And, you know, I was going to live this amazing life and everything was going to be great. And he was going to always love me and I was always going to love him. And yeah. <laughs> yeah, well, yeah, we do all have that dream thing. You you sort of grow up as a young lady. You start thinking about it at a pretty early age, I think. You do. You you push the doll baby in your in your hand at two. <laughs> mhm, mhm. You even might have a little baby coach. I know when I was a kid, they even had little strollers we used to push our babies in. <laughs> mm-hmm. I, I I had a um. I forget the name of the, the doll baby, but you could feed it and baby alive. And it was like, oh, yes, baby alive. Yeah. Yes. Mm-hmm. And, and I think those I'm telling things. telling my age. Yes. So, yeah. <laughs> well, please don't even get me started. Uh, I think that um, we, those things, we don't look at them so much as people pushing it on us, but I think it's sort of mm-hmm. a subconscious thing that you see in in day-to-day life. Everybody's getting married. People talk about getting married and, and things like that. So you sort of, think that's what you're supposed to do as part of of growing up so mm-hmm. so tell me then um about getting married a courting process and and things like that what how long did you you know court somebody how were you young met were you young married or older just tell me about that I, I think I was all three. It's like every decade I get married again. <laughs> okay, so explain when you say every decade you get married again. Tell me what you're talking yeah. about there. <laughs> so I got married early in my 20s and we courted. Our courtship was for about two years. And I think it's funny because I kind of just embrace these things out of my mind after, mm-hmm. you know, when I move yeah. on. I think we courted for about, you know, a year or two, and then we got married. So no shotgun weddings or anything. Not that there's anything wrong with that, because there's people that have lasted. Um, So I got married in my 20s, and then I got married again in my 30s. And again, we dated for like two or three years. And then we got married, and then I got married in my 40s. And um, we dated for like three years before we got married. Oh, okay. So you sort of, you didn't rush into any of the marriages. You took Mm -mm. your time. But do you feel like you learned anything going from one marriage to the other that you thought would would create a more positive impact into the next marriage? 
First of all, we don't know what's going to be a next. <laughs> but, well, I mean, once you got there, uh, did you think? Yeah. You oh, oh, oh I, I get it. You mean the transition <laughs> into the next Yes. Oh, yes. yeah. I always thought that I had it down. It's so funny. There's this movie called, I think it's called Bedazzled. Yes. I've and that was literally it. me. So Bedazzled, you know, just a quick little summary for people who haven't seen it. It's like this guy, he makes a deal with the devil. And he gets like seven wishes. And every time he thinks he learned the lesson and he's like, okay, I got it now. I'm going to make it better. I'm going to do this. And every time the devil would trick him and it would always be an epic fail at the end of every wish. Oh, and wow. <laughs> so like when I first got married, I was like, okay, um, you know, I I thought that I figured out, okay, I had these insecurities or I had this. And so I'm going to work on that. And then I got into my next marriage, which I was very excited to be married again then. So I got into my next marriage. And then that was a disaster. And I just thought, oh, you know, I picked the wrong person, which, you know, there is some truth in that. But, yes. you know, we all, we all have parts to play. And then the third marriage, that was an even bigger disaster. My <laughs> choice went downhill as you went along rather than getting better. <laughs> it it kind of did because I think the, the premise of it all, like you said, society pushes us from when we're young and puts that dream in our head to be married. Whereas guys just get to just be. They just get to play football. They just get to, you know, run and, you know, you're not be. pushing that. You, mm-hmm. They just get to be. And I think that yes. that's very important. I, I, I like more to have my daughters play with Barbie dolls because there you just get to dream. It's yes. not about oh. being one particular aspect or being a mother or taking care of someone. You just get to be you and live out your little dream life however you want. And that kind of, you know, that and then, you know, I grew up in church and, and it's very pushed upon you, you know, don't have sex outside of marriage and don't do this and you got to get married and like that whole, and I wanted to be a good person. I wanted to be deemed, you know, proper or behaving right. And so I did what I thought was, was meeting these steps and it just wasn't. Some of these guys, it's not saying that they were horrible people, but maybe they just should have been my boyfriend. And if I had, if I didn't think of me being with them or, you know, if I didn't think I was doing something bad, I, maybe mm-hmm. I wouldn't have went towards marriage. I just would have just enjoyed the courtship. And then when it's over, it would have just been over. Yeah. So you feel like you basically based on all of our, cause we all had that, uh, you know, church upbringing where, like you said, no sex outside of marriage and we, we are supposed to be getting married. So do you feel like you more or less pushed your relationship in your mind? It was already set that when you are dating somebody, you ought to be moving toward getting married. Yes. So I didn't, I never, I never like coerced or forced anybody to get married, but it was, my dating was always with the intention of don't waste my time. Are we getting married? Like, like, are we moving towards getting married? And I think that there's a danger in that because mm-hmm. even though that person may want to be married and you may want to be married, it doesn't mean that you too are meant to be married. Just mm-hmm. be and just enjoy the process as it unfolds. If it, if it, if it manifests into marriage, great. 
but let that just happen naturally. I really can't think back. I kind of like was like, okay, we've been together this amount of time looking at my watch. I guess it's time for our relationship. I'm not looking to at your watch. Level. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you know, it's, it's uh-huh. time for our relationship to, to progress to the next level. And maybe that, well, it's not maybe for uh, clearly I got divorced three times. That was not the purpose of that particular relationship. Okay. So let me ask you of the, in the marriages prior to, uh, actually getting married and maybe while you were dating, tell me about any red flags that could have been warnings that you ignored or you didn't view it as such at the time. But now as you reflect back that they may have been something you should have taken a look at and said, no, 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 this is not it. Um, well, in one marriage, cause I don't want to like specify which one. And one okay. marriage, the, the guy, the guy was great. So it wasn't, you know, that he was a bad person. And that marriage was workable. And that marriage could have lasted. Um, it just, I just don't think. I think there were things within me. I have commitment issues. Um, I, I felt like a cage animal when we got married. Um, there were things that like, I probably needed to work on a lot. And I can't say that I was like crazy head over heels in love and love is a choice. And I didn't even know how to love. I've had such a horrible child upbringing, um, childhood that I, I just didn't take that time. I thought I knew what love was. I thought I knew what love felt like, but it was never really demonstrated to me. So that was one marriage. And then the other marriage, you know, the guy kind of just changed on me. There were some times when I saw displays of his anger, but I just thought, oh, he just needed to get some sleep or something like that. But he was, like, amazing to me during the courtship. I mean, like, amazing. He would work all these crazy hours and then come fix me dinner and then leave. He would, like, have, he was very romantic. Like, he was amazing when we were dating and then we got married and he was dr jekyll and mr high he was not amazing 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 left the building (laughs) okay he he was a different person and then the other person a hundred percent my fault he was who he was he Mm -hmm. never changed script he and i saw all the red flags with him from the beginning, but I rationalized it in my mind. I, again, I had so much work on me to do that I just didn't even see it at that time. I had to make it work. And the reasons why I had to make it work were all outside of me. They were all reasons that were not built, shouldn't have been built on a marriage. Like, oh, my kids already know him. I don't want to keep introducing my kids to other men. Oh, um, Everybody loves us as a couple. I don't want to destroy the fantasy. We may mess up other people's relationships. Like, these reasons are nothing about right. the relationship. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. I do understand that because I think in my my second marriage, I was kind of like that. I stayed in that way too long. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. I stayed in mm-hmm. it way too long because, first of all, I started thinking about this. 
I'm not going to be having the money I have now. I can't live the mm-hmm. way that I live now. Um, mm-hmm. Everybody, well, many people, I'll say his friends may have thought that we looked good together. We were good together. Mm-hmm. We went on trips. We did this. We did that. Mm-hmm. And I, I really overstayed my welcome. I mean, mm-hmm. I mean, literally welcome. I overstayed my welcome because I can finally tell that I was not bringing out the best in him and he wasn't bringing out the best in me. Um, mm-hmm. So people may say, let me say, ask you this, and I don't mean to interrupt in any way. People mm-hmm. might say, I, I have another, I have other friends who've been married two, two plus times. And I know that I said that to somebody one day, oh, um, so-and-so's been married three times. They're going, oh, it must be her. What do you say to people (laughs) who have that type of judgment without knowing the details? What do you say to that person? It was me. (laughs) Wow. Wow. (laughs) You said it was you. It was me and it it was them. It was me because of my mindset. You know, I wanted, I wanted to, I, I was so focused on portraying this image. I was so focused on being, checking these boxes of what I deemed was going to be a good person, a good Christian, um, all these other factors. And it was me because I needed to not look for happiness outside of myself. I needed to be able to, so some of the problems in my marriage was because I wanted them to make me happy. I made certain sacrifices and as women, we are, you know, often like this, we'll, we'll sacrifice these things and we expect that the man will do that too. And men will look at us and say, I didn't ask you to do that. And they're right. Yes. They didn't ask us to do that. And you (laughs) think you you should do that and you think you're making them happy and it's not even making them happy. They don't care one way or the other, even if it does make them happy. Like, like, okay, it may make them happy that you make them a sandwich and have you waiting for them every day when they come in. And yeah, they've probably grown to look forward to that, but they didn't ask you for that. And because you make them a sandwich every day, you and your mom may expect that they will sacrifice a boy's night, you know, every whatever, <laughs> so that you could, but he's like, no, I'm going on my boys' night. Men, but I I dig that now. Men do what makes them happy. Mm-hmm. We label it selfish, and sometimes there are some men that are very selfish, but again, going back to their childhood, men just get to be. They they're do. not. They do. They don't, they don't, they're not responsible for another little human baby. You know, I mean, not human yes. baby, but doll baby. Yes. They're not responsible for clothing the baby. Oh, the baby crying. Let me go to the baby. Oh, the baby. And, and the kids create all this in their heads. They don't get, they just run their little truck up and down, whatever. You know, I'm telling you, I, I, I'm, of, of all the things you've said, that is like really standing out to me about you're saying they just get the beat. They do. Yes. They, they really do. do. We are always and we running have to around. Learn. Yes. yes. You're We're right. running around mm-hmm. here doing all this stuff and making sure we mm-hmm. gorgeous and all that. They don't even have care about nothing. <laughs> they don't. <laughs> they they don't. don't. And I think it's cool. I mean, and they get along all right, but I mean, I think maybe some changes need to take place in the in the feminine or the female culture where we need to learn that. You know, maybe this is not what we need to be doing or teaching our children f- from an early age or, you know what 100% I mean? 100% right. 
that's that's exactly my message. That's exactly what I'm trying to get out to people. We need to learn. We call men selfish, and we label emotions um, in a negative sense, like anger and things like that. They're they're not bad emotions. There's a righteous anger. There's anger can 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 encourage you to make changes in your life. This makes me upset. This is this is makes me this makes me angry. Okay, now what are you going to do about it? How are you going to change that? And I think that like say selfishness, we call men selfish. We can learn from them. They will spend their entire Sunday doing absolutely nothing, watching football all day because that's what makes them happy. But yes. if we ask ourselves what makes us happy, we have to really, really, really think about that. We have to really like, okay, can you just spend a whole day of just making making yourself not, I mean, making yourself happy and not spending a whole bunch of money, but just like what really just makes us happy and do it. We don't have to wait for him to send us an invitation to do it. It's our job to make ourselves happy. Yes, I agree. And I think, too, when you, you talk about them sitting and watching football, we're probably running around. I know I have been running around. If he's there by himself watching it, I'm still running around in the kitchen. Mm-hmm. want to get this, bringing that up. and doing. Does mm-hmm. he necessarily want me to bring all that up? Because I'm telling you, there were times, even with housekeeping, I would be running and ripping through the house. He would be like, Linda, what are you doing? Why are Sit you doing this to yourself? That used to crack me up. People say, "What are you doing?" (laughs) I'm like, "I'm doing this. I'm cleaning. I'm doing. What are you doing?" It's like nobody needs you to do all that. Have a seat. Mm -hmm. So I'm mad at him because he ain't helping. Rolling my eyes, like, "Look, if you didn't leave your shirt laying all over the place, I wouldn't have to do this, and wouldn't have to do that." He's not complaining about the stuff being here and there. It's what we think their expectations are. Expectations and, are like, whew, that's a whole nother segment. <laughs> yeah, or is it? Okay. So, it, it, uh, well, well, I, I'll just put this little pen in because I just had this conversation. I just had, first of all, a huge issue that I had to deal with with me having to face some expectations I still had. And okay. then my son, he was being bullied by this particular boy at school. And the boy, you know, would keep messing with him. And I said, well, Christian, you keep trying to make this young little boy your friend. He's not your friend. You can't make a dog a cat. A dog yeah. is a dog. If he's always been this way, he's a dog. You know, and they, they laugh because they're a kid, but I had to break it down to them in such mm-hmm. a simplistic way so that they can get it. You can't make a dog a cat. So if this person has always been this type of person towards you, why are you now all of a sudden expecting them to be this? other person that you want them to be they're not okay. going to do that mm-hmm, mm-hmm. okay that's a good point a very good point so in your marriages did you ever go into any counseling with any of your husbands to try to make it you know be uh more successful or you know did you ever go into every counseling single time. Every, every single, single time, time yeah every single time i, I did everything textbook everything okay. that that i was supposed to do i did it yeah Okay. Every single time we we went to Christian counseling, we yeah we did all that. You did all that, and it didn't work. I mean, because you had a few different experiences. Was it a result of maybe 
both of you not dealing with what you were supposed to do? Or was it that one of you accepted like some self-realization? Well, I am part of the problem. There was any specific thing that caused the counseling not to be successful. Mm, it depends on which marriage. Okay, well, pick um, one. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, I'll say one, yes. Okay, so one person I'm married to, he was just neurotic. There's just no other way around it. Okay. So he, he would be like, he would know that he did something wrong. Because at first when I was married to him, I would view it as, well, he doesn't see that he did anything wrong. He knew he did something that wasn't right. He didn't care. <laughs> he, I mean, I can laugh at it now. <laughs> I know I have a warped sense of humor. I can laugh at it now, but then I was crying and going crazy, like, what's wrong with me? But he, he just didn't care. He did what he wanted to do. And he did what was going to make him happy in, in, that, in that time or whatever. So, yes, you know, there are some men who are selfish or do, you know, particular things, but we do have to like pick someone who's not going to treat us like that. You don't want to pick someone. It's funny. You were talking about how you were in your second marriage. You were saying how, you know, on the outside, you know, it seemed like it was this and it was that. And, you know, and those were the reasons why you would stay longer. I, I venture to say there's probably a whole lot more marriages that are just like that, mm-hmm. that people aren't sincerely and really married. I, I know I've witnessed firsthand someone who was married over 50 some years and they were applauded and, oh, my goodness, you guys, of course, marriages and this and that. But their marriage was horrible. I mean, he cheated on her for the first however long or whatever I don't know if mm-hmm. we got some side babies out there or whatever. I don't know, but it was horrible. <laughs> and then now towards the end of his life, he was old now and he like was bedridden and she's like beating him with a belt like a child because she's she has all this pent up anger inside of her from all those all years ago. Years. Mm-hmm. But guess what? On the outside, oh, they've been married for 60 years and oh, let's give them a clap. I don't want to be married like that. No, because <laughs> I, I think no you just said like that. you lose too much of yourself. And I think that's what yeah. we have to remember. You know, you know, you 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 can't lose yourself in someone else. Right. And that's another thing. I have some very good friends and probably listening to us right now is saying that told me that they felt like I lost myself. Now, we didn't have the abuse type thing, not mm-hmm. physically anyway. We did have emotional. Mm-hmm. But that mm-hmm. that I, they felt that I lost myself in my marriage because I became so much a part of what he wanted me to be. He, mm-hmm. to the point that I think some people felt that I didn't, that I sort of just, floated away from them I'm not sure that they didn't think I was being myself or it mm-hmm. was so what it was basically he was a very controlling narcissistic person mm-hmm. and until you live with that person you don't know mm-hmm. what it's like and I basically mm-hmm. was trying to always please him so it wasn't mm-hmm. so, it, so I was so much working hard at pleasing him that I didn't have anything for anybody else. I had nothing else Mm -hmm. left. You know Mm -hmm. what I mean? So I had nothing Mm -hmm. else left. So, you know, it's just, 
it's a very difficult place to be when you're in a difficult marriage because you're mm-hmm. just busy trying to make it work. That's what your focus is. Mm-hmm. So I, I've definitely been there after every marriage. Um, I'd post a picture, you know, after the marriage is over and it still strikes me till this day. And my family probably will never know how much it means to me. But like, I remember after my, my second marriage, I posted a picture and my cousin, my very close cousin was like, ah, that's the Keisha I know. Oh, and then see. again, right. Again, this summer I posted a picture of me. Nothing. It was nothing even sexy or anything. Just a picture. And my cousin, another cousin, FaceTimed me and she was like, yeah, you back now. Yeah, that's the Keisha yeah. I know. Because when I get into these marriages, I water myself down. I, you know, I become a different person. Now, if a guy says to me something as small as, why do you wear makeup? You're beautiful. I go off on him. I can imagine. <laughs> I can imagine. Don't try mm-hmm. to change me. <laughs> yes, because you immediately, you're, 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 you put up your defense against it. Right, right. You your defense against it because you know, you know what it was like because it stays with you because I've shared this with some friends too because even now, I think maybe just recently I'm, I've gotten out of this. I would go in the store, I try on something and I think to myself, hmm, would he like this if I bought this? He's been gone for years. Mm-hmm. I'm still, I still have that mm-hmm. in my head. Would he like mm-hmm. this if I wore this? I mean, you just programmed. get so yes, <laughs> yes, you are absolutely programmed to that that craziness. I mean, so now having been married a few times, would you ever think about doing it again? Right now, no. Right okay. now, um, I I don't want because I know me, and I know I have a bit of an obsessive personality. So in order to manage that obsession, you know, because if I start thinking, okay, I want to be married again, I won't be how I am now and just enjoy the process of me dating someone. And, oh, that didn't work out. I won't take it personally. I will let the relationship run its course. And then if this person really feels like someone that I want to spend more time with, maybe I'll live with them for a while, which again was frowned upon. But had I lived with one of my husbands, I would have known how bad he is financially. I would have known how horrible he is with his bills. And because like literally I got married, moved into his house and he had no gas because he hadn't paid the bill. Oh, that's a big red flag. That's a big red flag. But I didn't know that. Why? Because I didn't live with him. I wasn't at his house. So, you know, if he oh. told me, oh, I'm coming to you, I didn't think nothing of it. Okay, you come to me. Maybe it's just easier, more convenient, whatever. It's just him. I got my child, you know, whatever. So things like that, you really get to learn a person when you move in with them. And I didn't. I wouldn't do that because I thought it was bad. Even the one person that I did live with before marriage, my church told me, y'all need to separate. That's a sin. God's not going to bless mass. You know, all oh. these fear-based things. So we separated. So that sounds like the reason I got married the first time. He moves in with me. And I can remember so clearly, like it was yesterday, girl. I'm not even going to tell you what year it was. Like my mother, I went to visit her. And she started saying something to me about 
us living together because he had slid his Mm -hmm. way into our apartment and he was living there. And she just, every time I would go visit her, she would say something about that. And I remember so well going home one day to him saying, we have to get married. But um, he said, okay, you you, want to get married? We'll do that. And that must've been like in a September. And then in June, we got married. And Mm -hmm. then I remember when things were going bad though, my mother start, my mother started saying, you know, you don't have to put up with that. And I said, mommy, you were the reason why I got married. (laughs) God Mm -hmm. rest her sweet soul. I said, you were Mm -hmm. the reason why I got married. Now you're going to be the reason you're telling me to get out. (laughs) You know what I mean? So, you know, we, you know, I've talked to quite a few ladies of faith who are saved and in the church and they talk about the influences that that had on them, like maybe rushing into marriage. Mm-hmm. So then I think about can't that. Can't buy the, 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 buy the cow. What is it? You get the milk free. The cow don't buy the cow and get free. the milk free something. Yeah. They, so. But they can only pass down what they know. That's what That's they true. Know. That's why I, I give it up to the millennials. The millennials have shaped things up and yes. some of the things are okay, but they make us think outside of the box. They're they like, do. you know, why Why do I got to get married? Look at y'all. Y'all marriages ain't lasting. I'm good. Mm-hmm. And and that's true. Like, like, I'm not saying try it out. I guess what I'm more so saying is live in the moment. If this person is somebody that you like, you want to enjoy time, you enjoy time with, enjoy the time with them. And mm-hmm. let it flow to the way that it flows. I mean, don't, like, of course, accept. There's, of course, you could be out of balance either way. Of course, being balanced. Don't accept anything like this guy got all these chicks and you call yourself going with the flow. If that's not what you want, you speak mm-hmm. up and you say that and you don't deal with that kind of behavior. That's also one of the things that I didn't do. I would speak up and I would say, hey, I don't like that you got a gazillion female friends. Why are all these people texting you, calling you, inboxing you? I think it's inappropriate, da 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 And his rebuttal is, I'm not doing anything wrong, so I don't have to stop it because I'm not doing because he's a narcissist, you know. Yes. And so I'm not doing anything wrong. And, <laughs> and believe it or not, you are wrong. doing something wrong. <laughs> right, right. Well, I, I won't. I won't label it wrong. I'll say for me, it's not right. It's not. It's not a relationship that I wanted. So I that's why I shouldn't have accepted that, and I accepted that for so long. Asking myself because also I'm trying to find myself during this time when I met him. So I'm like, oh, maybe he's right. Maybe I'm overly whatever. Maybe it's okay that all these people are contacting him. And and it, it was never it never set well with me. And I shouldn't have accepted it. So yeah, well, it doesn't set well with me either. And I mean, <laughs> it, and it, and it reminds me, like you know, sometimes we have these relationships outside of marriage too that they now call them emotional infidelity where mm-hmm. people establish these relationships of just talking on the phone, but they're not good for your marriage Mm-mm. because I think they can easily be a gateway into actual infidelity. That's my there, opinion I, about that. No, I think you're hundred percent right because there are, you know, people that you talk to and they'll say, well, I never kissed that person or I never 
did anything inappropriate with that person. I never had sex with them or anything. And that very well could be true, but you could still be very much in love with that person. Yes, you Very can. much in love with them. And mm-hmm. you could have never touched them. So mm-hmm. that is for me, where it's inappropriate. They don't need to be depending on you to ask you for directions, or they don't need to be dependent. We got a whole Google. We got ways. We yes. got so many different things that you could do instead of calling somebody. I mean, I would, oh my goodness, I don't even want to go back to that. <laughs> okay. So um, in terms of, of, of your children, do you know how they would be if maybe say you started dating bringing somebody around what are your thoughts about that mm-hmm. um so so my my oldest daughter's grown so she she's okay. grown and she's fine but i will say that my children's fathers are very good fathers they they have always been active and present in their kids lives and so that i'm very grateful for um as far as me dating, you know, every now and again, my kids will say, hey, can daddy come live with us? Uh, never. <laughs> um, <laughs> ever. Uh, and if if I have someone that, that I am, you know, that I was dating and I'm like, okay, we've been dating for X amount of time, I may like. I have like invited them something social, something big, something okay. like, I mean, not so much, I'm not always big, but like something that is not obvious. Like this is just mommy's friend and we're mm-hmm. not touching. We're not like, like it's, right. it's very, it's very um, neutral. Like, it could be, yes. it could be a female coming over or a male coming over and they wouldn't look at it any differently. They just look at it like, oh, this is mommy's friend, which I feel like I made that mistake in the beginning. Um, only after a couple of months, I introduced my, one of my husbands to my kids. We were dating like maybe three or four months. And so... Mm-hmm you know, this person's around and I introduced them slowly. Okay, um, gotcha. But yeah, I I don't know. Um I don't know because I haven't gotten to that point with anybody. Okay. I've been on many, many, many dates, but I keep them away from the house. <laughs> well that's nice. I haven't been on any dates. Somebody just throw that in there and I'm not happy about it. <laughs> <laughs> but um but I, I just think back when I was uh, when, when my daughter, well, she's an adult now too, but when I was dating my husband, she was still at the age where she was going to see her father every other weekend. She was still young. And mm. I, I really kept her away from him. He was coming on the weekends that she would go to her father's. Those would be mm-hmm. the weekends I'd let him come. And he mm-hmm. had said to me, I, I'm, I'm a little, he said he was a little offended. Like he felt like I was intentionally trying not to, for them to meet and I was I mean yeah I am intentionally doing that (laughs) because I don't know where this is going you don't want to be introducing your kids to a bunch of people you know what I mean you don't so that's that's what I did and then when I finally felt that it was time uh, which in the end it probably never was and shouldn't have been but uh, I finally did introduce them anyway I'm trying to think this has been very good conversation do you believe and I don't think I asked this question. Uh, I was reading something the other day that said that um, 
it was some instructional information I was reading because I just went to a class on relationships. And she states, the teacher stated that she believes that the difference between a happy marriage and a failed marriage is that couples in a happy relationship, they're willing to work together on those inevitable issues and others just give up. What are your thoughts on that point? I think Go ahead, I'm sorry. that it's more processes than that. Because I don't think that, and that's something that I've had to explain to even my husband when I've decided, okay, it's time for me to go. Because it's it's, it's always me who files for the okay. And um, I didn't get married just to get divorced. I didn't right. spend all this money on this now three weddings mm. just to just turn around and get divorced. So I work like heck to excuse me to try to mm-hmm. fix whatever the particular issues are and i'm assuming maybe they work like you know whatever the best they issues, could the best they could i think that sometimes you know people just aren't meant to be together so yes. any of my three husbands i'll say like one of them i know for sure has has remarried you know it's Mm -hmm. not because our marriage didn't work it's not i don't think it's from lack of effort i mean i could have worked a lot more on one of the one that is remarried i could have worked more on that relationship but i just didn't want to physically be there and there were things that i needed to work on individually so i think there is a bit of magic i guess for lack of a better term Mm-hmm. That that can happen. I don't think you could just pair any two people and just because they're working really hard that it's going to work. I mean, it's I don't not know, that I'm black and expert. white. It's, yeah, it's, it's not, not that it's black, not and, black white. and white. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. There's shades of gray. There are relationships that are, you know, arranged marriages, and the mm-hmm. people think. I guess over time they fall in love and they they seem to work out. But I mean, are they blissfully happy? I don't know. I want my man chasing me around the table till he's eighty five. <laughs> yes, yes, you know, girl. I want yes, that. <laughs> right. yes. Like when people say, you know, hey, I don't want to hear uh, marriage dev- advice from someone who's been married multiple times. Steve Harvey or whoever, and I'm not saying, I'm just using his name because that's like some, something that somebody says. Mm-hmm. Um, I want to, I want to hear somebody who who's been married successfully for 50 years or 60 years, and I get it. I think that learning can happen happen in yes. a variety of ways. You can learn from a child because it's just mm-hmm. how simplistic they look at life, how easy yes. they make life. We make it complicated. I think we that do. so. Yeah, we do. These are things that I mentioned in my book. Like, I know that traditionally you will look at someone who's failed several times and like, I don't want to. I don't want to listen to them. Well, no. Mm-hmm. Thomas Edison tried the light bulb ten thousand times before he got it right. Before he got it married. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but mm-hmm. I mean, that's why my book is called "Learn from My Mistakes." Learn from them and apply yes. them to your life and make your life better. Well, since we're coming to the end of our time, tell us a little bit about, I mean, you mentioned the book, but give us some information about how somebody can get it. Tell, talk about that for a moment. 
Oh, it's it's like in such the early stages. I've I've it's written, but you know I'm still teaching yeah. it. I wanted to rewrite the beginning, but another author friend of mine gave me some amazing advice, and she said, "No, leave it alone," because I thought I sounded angry in the beginning. She okay. said, "I think that it's important that you have those raw emotions because other people who are experiencing this, they need to they need to be able to relate to it. They need to mm -hmm. be able to see it just how you're feeling now, and then see the transition of your healing." Well, mm -hmm. when it is finished, you make sure you let me know about it, and then I'll share that information. Well, it has been a pleasure talking to you, and um, no, it's always good. I always learn something for these conversations. Again, I think it's good that we talk to one another because just to let us know that the journey, we, you know, we all going to have these journeys and we're not alone because you can feel isolated. So I just want to thank you, Keisha, for joining me today. And um, you take care. And I thank everybody for listening in. And we'll talk to you next time. And God bless.